Thank you to our lovely Patreon supporters, Duck, Aspen, and Myrna. Enjoy the episode. Attention. If you wanted to be a part of our Patreon Discord, but you didn't have be a part of the Patreon. Yeah, I did. Hi, I'm random audience member. That's my yeah. name. Yeah, so now, um, heads up, you can be a part of the Discord now because we're opening it up to the public. What? But wait, that's it. <laughs> wow, that, where can I find this link? Oh, uh, I don't know. Where can you find it? Why are you asking me? I'm the random audience <laughs> Um, You could probably find it in the episode description of this episode, probably. No, Amy, Amy, Amy. Where do we find it's, it? It's, it's going to be on the website. It's going to be on our website, <laughs> mushroomstation.net. Congratulations. Join it. Uh, it's actually, it's like genuinely a super chill place. It's been like super, super fun. We did a, a soft opening uh, for my old server. We just got them all over there and it's been super fun since then. It's been super fun even before then. Uh, and we're really excited about it. You can go to the website, mushroomstation.net, find the link. It'll be in the top bar or, or in the, in the sidebar on mobile. You know where to, you know where to find things on websites. We do movie nights, and you can join, but you can only vote for what movie if you're a patron. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, uh, for our patrons out there, we are going to be doing patron-exclusive streams starting uh, February 11th. Woo! Uh, so get ready for that. If you join the Discord... That is going to be the best place to get the link, although it will also be posted on Patreon. Hey, Amy, do you want to do the episode now? Yeah. here and then explosions me and amy are riding on motorcycles we ramp off of a cool ramp we just crashed we crashed and died into the ground and title (laughs) sequence enchanting aspects oh my god the fucking uh i here's the thing amy i'm imagining an enchanting aspects movie Having a very similar vibe to, like, a Muppet movie. Oh, yes. I was like, what are you going to say? What could possibly... But yeah, a Muppet movie is perfect. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a genius. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Enchanting Aspects would be like that Ready Player One movie, except it would be good. Like, it would just have a bunch of references to things, but it would be, like, funny. Yeah. Yeah, you're, uh... Hmm... (laughs) Sorry, the fact that you have compared us to Ready Player One, uh, I don't know I that I can recover. I don't know that I can recover from that. I couldn't think of any other thing of media that like has outside references to other. The, the f- I the thing is, is that that style of movie. There's like the new Space Jam and shit. Like, I 
hate that kind of movie <laughs> that is just all references. Uh, yeah. Oh well. I well, now you've ruined now you've ruined my dreams of us taking enchanting aspects to Hollywood. Oh uh, no, it's not over yet. We're gonna sell out. Listen, if you ever have enchanting aspects <laughs> go to Hollywood, it's gonna be a shitty sellout movie. Oh like, right, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> my yeah. name is Amy. My name is Jupiter. Welcome to Enchanting Aspects. We are starting uh, this year right by telling us, telling start- everybody our names. We're starting this year right in February. Yep. Um, this is the month of my birthday. It is. Uh, also, uh, for those who didn't see, I just want to apologize, uh, but also not apologize, because what the fuck were we supposed to do? Uh, uh, d- all of Mushroom Station went on hiatus uh, during the month of January. This wasn't intentional. I just got super sick, and then there was other sickness. And was, January was a sick month, and not I in was the fine. cool way. Amy was fine. <laughs> Amy, why didn't you do all of our podcasts but just you? Oh, that would have been fun. I would have had a really fun yeah. time just yeah, being just myself. <laughs> God, yeah, just do an episode of Ghost Hunt Pacific for me, would you? Right now? <laughs> sure, start, uh, go off right now. Okay. Hey, everybody, I just got a letter in the mail, <laughs> and it's a CD of <laughs> so, this weird haunted house people looking at, uh, they're, they're in a mall, and here's here it is. <laughs> hey, we're here at the mall. Ooh, it's spooky in here. There's a ghost. Ah, there's a um a chef with a knife. <laughs> um, everybody dies. Wow, Amy, I want to say, how the fuck dare you call me out this much? <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm just created uh. impersonations, I guess. Welcome to Enchanting Aspects. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm sleepy. Sunday sleepy. Yeah you, yeah, you just got sleepy. Like, I feel like you weren't sleepy when before we started recording. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we hit the record button, you got really sleepy. Yeah, it happens. It's a curse. Um, it's your turn this week. It is. It is. And I'm not going to talk about anything extremely self-referential. No, why would you? Why would I? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm getting deja vu. Um, I'm really getting deja vu. Um, no, 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 no. No, no. This is a this is a fresh episode. Nothing happened before this episode. Yeah. My thing, my thing, Amy, 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 for my first thing, the first thing of 2022, I decided to fucking go easy on myself. Yeah, that's good. And I'm pulling from something that I, I'm pulling from a familiar place. I'm pulling from a a place that, that should be very well known to everyone listening, 
to you. Take a guess, Amy. Take a guess at where I'm pulling from. You're pulling from, um, uh, Sesame Street. No, but frankly, that would be great. That would be fantastic. I should do that at some point. I haven't watched Sesame Street since I was a kid, but also there's that video that was going around. <laughs> with Elmo uh, and the Rock? Uh, with, what? Elmo and the Rock? Oh, well, there's that clip, too. But I was thinking of the uh, the clip of Elmo uh, uh, where he said, fuck. He said, he said fuck? No, I wish he did. I wish Elmo said fuck. No, he just said something really, re- like, really strange and funny. And I can't remember what it was. And it's making me annoyed that I can't remember what it was because I brought it up on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just leaving all of our listeners with that hole in their heart. Yeah, it was already there. Yeah, uh, well, okay. Uh, so, uh, the thing, no, 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 no. The thing that I am bringing uh, is from the Resident Evil 3 remake. Oh, okay. So, yeah, everybody, everybody knows <laughs> that. Just, just because I've talked about it so fucking much on this show. I've talked about it a lot. I talked about it a couple episodes ago. Yeah. But you know what? I'm talking about it again. That's okay. Because I can't be stopped. This is our show. Treat yourself. I want to talk about the best line in all of Resident Evil history. Okay. Okay. Now... That that might be a little contentious. That might be a little contentious. There are a lot of great lines in Resident Evil. Um, there's, uh, there's of course, uh, what nice try, bro, from Resident Evil Four, or even where'd everyone go, Bingo, also from Resident Evil Four. Resident Evil Four has a lot of them. Um your right hand comes off there's a there's a lot there's a lot uh or uh in resident evil one the uh extremely classic uh you the master of unlocking or almost became a jill sandwich uh or even in resident evil eight uh the the (laughs) i keep forgetting his name so I just keep calling him, uh, <laughs> like Metal Bender Bloodborne Man. <laughs> um, but, uh, that guy calling Chris a boulder punching asshole. Ooh. Like, Resident Evil is full of great lines. 100%. Uh, Resident Evil is a horror series, of course, but to a certain extent, Resident Evil is also a comedy series, uh, because holy shit, the line reads sometimes, the the writing sometimes. It's it just managed manages to thread this line a lot of the time really well uh, between spooks and scares and undercutting all of that. With a really great line. Hell yeah. So, 
why why do I think that that this line in particular, the line that I'm going to say from Resident Evil 3 Remake, is such a good line? And in fact, the best line. Well, for anyone who knows the game, you probably know which line I'm talking about, but I'm gonna I'm gonna leave some suspension on that for a minute. I want to talk a little bit. I, I want to give a little bit of lead up, as is as is my way. Yeah. <laughs> so I love the Resident Evil Three remake. That should be no surprise to anyone. Uh, part of the reason why I love it so much is how like pared down it is it's just main character jill valentine uh who has already been through so much shit who knows umbrella's bullshit and is just pissed off at them and is doing her damn best to survive a city that is literally exploding and full of zombies mm-hmm. and the nemesis big bastard boy who i love dearly mm-hmm. who uh says such wonderful things as stars and nothing else he is a a monster who knows how to use a rocket launcher i love this boy uh and frankly i'm going to probably spend a full other episode talking about him some other time yep I'm pretty sure you said that last time you were talking about Resident Evil 3. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And frankly, I'm surprised I've held back this long. But now I just feel like I'm just going to just gonna keep holding back. Mm-hmm. Just always have that one in my back pocket. Yeah. So throughout this game, uh, you are constantly escaping from the nemesis. You're constantly escaping from the nemesis. You are escaping by the skin of your teeth. And... There, you also keep having fights with the nemesis that, frankly, go nowhere. You repeatedly unload all of your ammo into the nemesis, and the best that you can do is knock him down. Damn. Yeah. There's full boss fights where you just have to knock him down so that you can escape, but he's not dead. He's He's just resting. Yeah. Uh, the nemesis went up to a farm upstate. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing with the other doggies in the yeah. fields <laughs> with Grandpa. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> He's in a happy place. Uh, gets gets to run around in the big field upstate. Son, I flush nemesis down the toilet. <laughs> Just go suing around having adventures in the pipes. <laughs> he wanted to go. <laughs> he said goodbye and everything. Give us a kiss. I'm sorry that you were at school. Uh, you, you, you just happened to miss it. But don't worry. Nemesis wrote you a letter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, actually, speaking of Nemesis going for a swim... So, throughout the whole game, Nemesis is chasing you, and Jill is, frankly, pissed off. Like, she just, like, she keeps thinking that she's killed the Nemesis, 
And then the nemesis shows up again and fucks some more shit up. And she's just like, God fucking damn it, this this fucking boy. This boy won't leave me alone. I've told him multiple times. I don't want to give him my number. Swiper knows swiping. Swiper knows swiping. Nemi? Anyway. Uh, so, and I don't remember the exact circumstances that lead up to this moment. Why this exactly happens. But there is a point where you reach a big river and there's a bridge that you have to cross to get across the river. And I am going to, uh, I'm going to play the scene for you, Amy, and you'll, you'll put the audio in and then I will describe the scene for our listeners. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, that's a good line. It's a fucking good line. So uh, to explain. So what happens is uh, you're walking across this bridge and then suddenly it switches to a cutscene. The camera pulls forward past you and there's an explosion and you just see the nemesis fully on fire. Like, this is the only time that you've ever seen the nemesis seemingly panicking. And you just see the nemesis flailing his arms on fire and then falls into the river. And Jill... And first off, how the fuck... Did that explosion? I don't remember if there was a leading up point to that. I, I like hope to not. imagine. I like to imagine though that Nemesis just like tripped over an explosive barrel or something. <laughs> like it was a complete accident. Yeah, he accidentally drank uh, fire juice instead of Coca Cola. <laughs> accidentally ate the <laughs> set my skin on fire juice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, he was meant to, he was trying to drink the bone hurdy juice, but. Mm-hmm. He always get it mixed up. Always, they're in the same can, you know, it's hard. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> so he falls into the river and then it, the camera pulls back to Jill on the bridge and she just says, with the most contempt in her voice, bitch can't even swim. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Like, I just fucking... I... It's so fucking good. Like... Like... And it's it's great, too, because... Throughout this whole game... Like, the nemesis has proven himself to be extremely capable, extremely dangerous. He's already shown that he can use a rocket launcher. Like... He is... Probably the most dangerous thing Umbrella has ever created. Mm-hmm. Like, dangerous single thing. And, like, is nigh invincible. Like, by all rights, 
Jill should be terrified of this boy. But she's also Jill Valentine, who went through the entirety of Resident Evil 1, saw the depths of Umbrella's bullshit, has been working since then to un uncover the... Uncover the conspiracy behind Umbrella. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and like, she's just tired of this bullshit. Yeah. And she, like, despite recognizing how dangerous the nemesis is, she still very much considers him to be beneath her. Yeah. And he is. And... So just this line of looking at him falling into the river and having no comments except bitch can't even swim. Yeah, I love it. It's so, it's so good. With that line, I played it with my roommate Thea uh, uh, for the first time uh, a, a while back, like a, a little after it came out. Uh, and when we got to that fucking line, we died. Mm-hmm. We died. <laughs> like this this line is perfect. It's the it's the best line in Resident Evil history. Yeah. After this, the nemesis turns into a big dog. Oh, it's good. a whole thing. He, good for he him. keeps going. But <laughs> yeah, good for him, but in this moment, we know Jill Jill's got this. Yeah. Jill this is all beneath Jill. She's just fucking mad. Yeah. I'm, Bitch I, can't even swim. I'm going to take this as a prime perfect example of of how how important it is for good horror to have comedy in it. Like almost yeah. every almost every like best horror like film or game has an aspect of comedy to it. Like Yeah. Like fucking scream. I mean, shout out to Jupiter for fucking introducing that shit to me. But holy shit, is that is that shit funny? Um, yeah. But I think it's it's super important because you know you're entertaining your audience, and yes, you want to scare the shit out of them and make them like you know jump and stuff. But at the same time, you know it's not it's not just like sad porn or it's, <laughs> it, you you need a right, balance. Yeah. You need you need yeah. relief, and that relief is a comic relief. And I yeah. think this is a per perfect form of it. Like, yeah, and and actually, like that's something that I think about a lot. Is like, uh, uh, especially writing my own horror, is that like, comedy and horror, comedy and fear, I guess, work on very similar lines. Yeah, I, I actually do really feel that like, building up comedy skills does help with understanding horror better. Hell yeah, absolutely. Which is like fucking. I mean, shit. Look at Jordan Peele. Like, yeah, yeah. Right, like, like there is. It's you know built off of element of surprise, building expectation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, it, like the same tools that go into comedy go into horror, and yeah, like, so it just. And also, you're a hundred percent right that like you need that tension break. You need to be able to reset yourself after having like a big scary moment. You need to be able to reset yourself to prepare you for the next big scary moment. Mm -hmm. And like that, that tone 
balance is, I think, it's so important. And, you know, you can have horror without comedy, but you still need to break the tension. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like what you said, like comedy and horror, they both rely on the power of shock. And it just depends on what kind of shock it is. And, like, I think that constant horror without breaks of comedy it makes you, I think, more desensitized and also a little bit bored, too. Like, I definitely yeah. find myself way more bored in movies that don't have any sort of comedy whatsoever, like, and are serious the whole time. Like, not to say that, you know, there's not good stories out there that are like that, but, like, having different, having, like, the opposite emotion, like, it, it makes those, you know, more serious mo- moments way more serious. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah. Bitch can't even swim. Bitch can't even swim. Um, yeah, can, can I talk about my thing? Yeah, go off. What's your thing? Um, so once again, I'm doing a completely fucking, uh, not even near the ballpark of what the fuck you're doing. Um, (laughs) today I'm going to be talking about (laughs) improvising in we music oh shit wow bringing we music into this holy fuck i'm bringing we music um okay so before i before i get started hey non-gamers hey sweeties obviously you know resident evil 3 because jupiter (laughs) says so but i know you don't know what we music is and that's okay because it really wasn't a successful game I think yeah. it should have been, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wii Music was a game made on the Wii, and it was made... Does it have music in it? Oh, yeah. It has music in it. It has 50 Damn. songs. And... Wow, 50, wow. Yeah, which is, like, not a lot, and I think that's kind of why it was part of why it, like, did not, was not successful, is because it, it was basically, like, a another demo game of what the Wii is capable of and I think if they fleshed it out a lot more and like added way more content it would have been better but I mean it's still a really good fucking game essentially Wii Music is a game where you literally you because you use your Mii characters and whatever other family members or other Mii characters you want to play with you get to play instruments and songs um there's a shit ton of different instruments there's a uh, a couple of like licensed songs, like they they got like um, Material Girl from fucking. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, they have a couple Nintendo songs. They have a lot of classical music. Um, but the thing that I really like about it is that you literally don't need any like musical prowess whatsoever to play it. You don't mm. like. They, there's a lot of tutorials to help you learn musical stuff. Like, they have tutorials about, like, learning how to um, do rhythm and, like, follow the beat and, like, learning improvising and harmonizing and stuff like that. But, like, essentially, a, a toddler could play this game and it could still be fun and good to them. And let me explain that. So they explain this in, they show this in the tutorial. And it's kind of, like, I think the core of what makes this game so good. But essentially... When you're playing a song, you get to pick an instrument. There's a shit ton of instruments. And I'm going to get into that later. But first of all, like, you have your instrument and it's connected to, like, whatever 
like some of them just use the Wii remote. Some use like the Wii remote and the nunchuck. You there's even like a drum set that you can use the Wii Fit pad for. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, to like bump, bounce it, step on it. I don't know why I said bounce. Um, <laughs> but while you're playing the song, there's like this uh chart below that shows you like if you want to play the song correctly, this is when you hit the notes. But the mm-hmm. and you can also decide like okay do I want to do the main part of the song do I want to be the bass do I want to be the percussion do I want to be the harmony like and you can also like play the chorus and then replay the chorus with the part you recorded except you get to go back and be the harmony so you can literally be a one man band and go back and do every single part which is awesome as well but the thing is you don't have to follow that chart you can kind of like play the song any way you want and what i mean by that is like say you have a piano you're playing a piano instead of like if you follow along right when you're supposed to hit the notes it'll sound like the normal song however if you you know start hitting the Wii remote in parts where like it doesn't have any notes playing or you know like on the offbeat or like rapidly or like in a crescendo way the like kind of in a you know the best that a we can do way it lets you do that and it fits it with like the song like it'll you know match the chords or match whatever chord progression is playing at that moment to make sure it still sounds good and sounds like it's part of the song just like how an actual professional improviser would play like you know like just playing with whatever chords are supposed to play so it actually sounds really good and it also it makes you feel really good about yourself and it makes you feel way more musical and talented than like, you know, you otherwise would because like, you're not only just playing a song, you're also playing a song in an original and fun way. Um, That's and super cool. Yeah, it is super cool. I, I had this game when I was little. Um, I think I was maybe elementary or middle school. And I remember I was so, so excited about it. I I got my um, grandma to play it with me, and mind you, mm-hmm. she does not know video games whatsoever at all, but I had her follow the tutorial, and I had her play music with me, and she could do it. Like, it's a really, really easy game to follow that, like, if, if you have no video game expertise, you can play it, and you can play along with the music, and you can improvise, and... yeah. It's really fun and cool, and I'm I'm real I'm you know I'm kind of sad that it you know didn't get as successful as it was. I heard that there was like rumors about it, um, you know, there being like a remake for it eventually, um, mm. and like if they do it for the Switch, I would sure as hell get it. It sounds really cool. I really hope they keep the motion controls for it, um, but it's I don't know. It's just something about I, lately. I've been you know. I have a lot of friends that aren't gamers anymore, a lot of friends and family, and I'm always like, you know, I wish I could do stuff with them that, like, you don't have to spend so long explaining, you know, how it works and stuff. But, like, Wii Music was so accessible and so easy and also really, really fun. Like, it is, you know, Rock Band is fun, right? But also, you can't just have your mom and dad and uncle and you know little two-year-old jump in and you know play all the right notes and stuff like it's a fun game but it's it's meant for gamers but this is essentially rock band except everybody gets to play their own part everybody gets to play whatever instrument they want to 
and you know all play at the same time and it's it's great you get to choose your own yeah. scene also <laughs> my favorite instrument you get to be a puppy oh my gosh of you, course yeah your your me is put in a doggy puppy costume and every time you play a note you just go Arp! except it plays like the <laughs> note you're supposed to play and like yeah, 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 yeah. i'm pretty sure it's like you you do one hand one arm is just a normal bark and then you do like both the both paws and it's like a harmony like thing um, oh my gosh so i'm sorry so in order to control the the doggy portion the doggy instrument what you have to do is you have to make the you know nya motion with your yes. hands. Yes, yes, you do have Amazing. to. Amazing. Like, yeah, there's also a kitty. You could also be a kitty, in the same. Incredible, mm-hmm. incredible. So you you truly in Wii music you can live out your you know nya dreams. Yes, you can. It's a it's such a fucking good game. It came out. I feel like it came out the wrong time because it didn't. I'm pretty sure it didn't come out, like, right when the Wii came out. I think it came out, like, a couple years after or a little bit after release. So it wasn't as big of an explosion. I just wish it was right, out yeah. right now and also not on the Wii so I could have people play it with me. I think that's my problem. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, that that was that was a thing with the Wii is that, like, like the, the philosophy that Nintendo had with developing Wii games was very much that, like... How do we design this game so that literally anybody can come and play it? Mm-hmm. And you know, they're, they're like people like people really shit on that decision. And you know, I mean, the Wii was massively popular for exactly that reason. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just really didn't like a, a lot of let's say gamers. Yeah. Really didn't like that decision making process. They didn't like yeah. that games weren't hardcore. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> there is a lot there is a lot to be said. And you know, for a hundred percent, like, you know, let's just be real here. Nintendo wasn't doing this because they were like, ah, we should make games accessible for everyone. They were doing it because they thought that that market would give them the most money and they yeah. were right yeah um uh but i do wish that we had more games that were accessible to more people on like you know just like in terms of disability but also like difficulty yeah like that is and like it's a thing that like you know the the accessibility movement in games is a like big prevalent thing right now and like a lot of new games come out with like a bunch of different accessibility features and that's great but there is something to be said for games that are just like simple easy to understand raw fun yeah, like and... essentially just board games, but they are not a board game. They are on the TV. Like, that's kind of what right. mu- music was. Yeah, and like, I, I feel like, you know, like, uh, a Beat Saber fits in a very similar, yeah like, vibe of like, 
easy to extremely easy to understand game can be engaging at any difficulty kind of a bitch to mod which is a shame because modding it is the only way to make the songs interesting yeah but uh like that 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 i don't know like i think we do need more like simple games and there is also like you know, I, I'm subscribed to the channel on YouTube, Scruffy, who uh, uh, talks a lot about, like, intricacies of music in games. And uh, something that I've learned from watching Scruffy's channel is that Nintendo games, especially in the Wii era, really did do that sort of, like, complicated musicality, like, a lot, where they would take, like, something very simple and turn it into something very musically complex with a bunch of different systems in the background to do it. Mm -hmm. So I find that, like, I'm not surprised that, like, knowing that, that Wii Music had this system of allowing you to improv songs and having the song adjust itself for that. Yeah, and I think it's perfect, like, it's two birds with one stone because not only does, like, it help it helps people who like want to improvise because they want to have fun but it also helps like little kids who just want to be part of the fun but also you know don't want to ruin it by just slamming on a keyboard like they're right, they're yeah. mashing their hands but it sounds good because yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounds like the notes are all good and it lets them like you know not feel left out and yeah. i like that um I, I'm also gonna I, I'm gonna shout out the newest Brain Age for Switch too because oh, I just shit, played I that. About that. <laughs> I just played that last night with um Joe's family and you know they're not tech savvy at all, video games savvy at all, and eventually we got them to understand it pretty quickly how to play, and that's that's another game that's like really accessible to families and like you know people who aren't used to games at all, and yeah, I really appreciate games like that. It's like, I love being a gamer. I love games. I, I love when, like, I really do appreciate sometimes when I start a game, like, and, you know, there isn't a super long tutorial and they understand that I'm yeah. a gamer and let me do, yeah. you know, all the gamer shit. But also, like, if it is a game that, you know, could be, could be more open to other people playing it, why not, why not, why not open the floodgates a little bit? Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. And, like, uh, hmm, there was something I was going to say, and then I forgot it as soon as I started talking. So that's yeah. fun. That's a yeah. good podcast. I, I have the same thing. Like, I, I feel like I was going to make another point, but I forgot what the point was. We're so, you know what, Amy? We're so good at podcasting. Yeah. you. Can, there's also a bell game. There's a bell mini game in it where everybody <laughs> gets a different handbell of a different color. Just like in the in the real bell games. And... Yeah, yeah. I also remember what I was gonna say. Okay. Uh, so, um, wait, did I really just forget it again? <laughs> no. So what I was going to talk about with the accessibility in games thing is that, like, there is something to be said for real about like the fact that. Uh, games, like, as opposed to all other art mediums, games are really the only one that have this, like, 
massive accessibility barrier. Yeah. Um, like, in terms of, you know, like, uh, different art forms have their own accessibility barriers, for sure. But gaming has the biggest ones uh, in terms of uh, financial accessibility, in terms of accessibility for people with disabilities, uh, in terms of people uh, uh, who, like, and, and so basically that, like, people who don't have a lot of exposure to games, like, my partner is very much like this, that, like, like, A, that they didn't get into games at all because, partially because they were shamed away from it for being bad at it. Mm-hmm. Which sucks. That's an extremely prevalent thing. And, like, there's this a lot of, like, gamer elitism when it comes to that. Like, even still, where, like, you know, and I think that there that is somewhat contributed to by this notion that gaming is for gamers. Yeah. But also, for people who never got into games for one reason or another, like my partner, it is extremely inaccessible to get into them uh now right like because like it's just like oh am i gonna spend four hundred dollars plus a sixty dollar game on something i might not even enjoy yeah yeah no i won't i'm just gonna watch a movie instead yeah and i i think that there is like something really like Something really, and you know, this is part of why the Wii took off, is because much lower lower barrier for entry, and like say what you will about the motion controls, did make the game a lo- the games a lot more accessible. Yeah, it did. It's so much easier to explain to someone just swing it instead of press this green button, press this button, press this button, move this around. It's like yeah. no, bro, just swing yeah. it. When I was working at yeah. a nursing home, um, we had a um. A Wii Sports Day, which of course we only played bowling because they only wanted to play bowling. They didn't care about fuck of all course, the other sports. Of course, um, fuck out, no, fuck out. Wii bowling is the best one. <laughs> yeah, and I taught I taught a lot of a, a lot of people there like how to play, and you know it's so much easier to just when you're playing a bowling ball, just like explain like okay, you're you're gonna hold down this button, but all you're gonna do is just swing it back and swing it up and. You can't yeah. you can't explain fucking how to play Monster Hunter to <laughs> someone at a nursing home God. like it's God, sorry that's just that's just reminding me that like this is just a, a an observation I keep having that every time a new Monster Hunter game comes out everyone who is already into Monster Hunter is like oh they finally made it good <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, why'd I, they I take Poogie out of the most recent one? Why'd, why'd they, they take, take Poogie, Poogie out? Why the fuck did they take Poogie What's out? What's the fucking point? What's, What's the, the fucking point? What's the fucking point if you can't dress up a pig? <laughs> cancel! Cancel, cancel, monster, hashtag cancel, monster hunter is over party. Hashtag free Poogie. Bring back Poogie. Bring back Poogie. Um, I was gonna... <laughs> something else i forgot because i thought about (laughs) god fucking damn it um 
But I, yeah, I think that it's like, listen, adults and kids, all ages, people love puzzles. Like, like you know, puzzles, yeah. like physical puzzles that you put together. Like, everybody, all ages. It's not a thing that is barred off from certain people. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, of course, there's, you know, like colorblind stuff and visual issues. and But at the same time, it's like, you know, there's no... You don't need to buy a puzzle console to play the best puzzles and to understand how to put the puzzles together. It's there no, in front of you. You get Sudoku in the fucking paper. Exactly. And I'm not saying that, like, really advanced games should not exist because... Oh, they definitely should continue to exist, but we should just have more experiences. Yeah, absolutely. And also the window to getting into games shouldn't be so difficult and expensive. The bar should be lower. The bar should be way fucking lower. Like, I want to play those super old Windows games, you know, that came out on like CDs and stuff. Oh, yeah. 100%. I can't. I can't even do that without building a PC, really. Like, or buying a really yeah. expensive PC. And, just and to pay really even, old shitty games. Yeah, and even then, like... Those old games, like, might not even run on new hardware. You you might have to emulate an older PC within your PC yep. to... And even knowing how to do that, it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, oh my god, yeah. Don't even get us fucking started on, like, cross-compatibility -compa and, like, older consoles. Like, fucking every... It, is, it was so... It was an outrage as a kid of, like... You know, you have the Nintendo DS. You can play Game Boy games in it. Okay, good. That's how it should work. You have the Wii. You can play GameCube games in it. Okay, great. That's how it should work. Only on, only on first generation Wiis. Yeah, I have one. <laughs> um, but yeah. fucking, you know, nowadays. Why they, why they take that away from the Wii? By the way, why did why not why did on second and above generation Wii's did they take away the ability to play GameCube games? Yeah, it was what the fuck? no fucking, no fucking idea. And and from then on up, like it was extremely hard and difficult to play any Wii games on the Wii U and now Switch doesn't play because cause they want to make more money. They're making yeah. you fucking buy the old games that you already own or, and you can't play anymore. Or doing the fucking, the fucking th 3D Mario All-Stars, but only for a yep. limited time. Yep. Like, I bought that game. I have those games. But you can't buy that shit anymore. Yeah. It's fucking, it's so fucking aggravating. Yeah. And it's even like, even if you do own the own consoles, they have an expiration date. They're not going to yeah. last forever. They break and they can't be fixed. Like, the parts mm. aren't there anymore. Like, I literally or, uh, found uh, out or... about, um, sorry. I literally found out about Game Boy, Game Boys, um, after a certain date, the game cartridges they just lose their memory and you will lose yeah. your save data. You can you can uh you can fix that by replacing the internal battery. Well, I don't know that. But also like yeah. where the fuck am I gonna get an internal battery? Can't just go over yeah. to Walmart. I gotta fucking order it off Amazon from a person I don't trust. <laughs> like it's Right. It's it's a whole thing. And like even like, you know, like with uh modern consoles, like uh because most games are bought digitally, like A uh, not uh, as we have seen with like the DSI store and the Wii eShop and shit like that. Uh, actually, I think the Wii eShop might still be up. It doesn't matter. I, I think it's close. But point is, these online stores will eventually stop running. Yeah. 
And even if you bought those games, you won't be able to download them again. Yeah, so unless you, you already to... have them downloaded and saved. They are gone. Yeah, so you have to, like, and also that, like, modern consoles don't even have that much storage space, and mm-hmm. the games are gigantic. Yeah. So you have to get external storage solutions, or, like, like buy a, a, an even more expensive Xbox. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking stupid. And, like, frankly... We need to do this whole thing over. We need to, yeah. we need to, whoever the fuck thought that digital games would be like, like, sure, they're useful, but would be the end all be all. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Like, honestly, I really want, I want a conglomerate con- console where it just plays everything like Nintendo and Sony and everybody just fucking, you know, doesn't puts away puts aside the greed and just says, I, "Okay, let's all make a console that everybody can play and every all the games are on it." That is actually an idea that I ha- that I was imagining like cuz you know, uh, uh uh I am politically I'm an anarchist uh and uh I was like imagining like what an anarchist future looks like and i was just like well for stuff like games like people are going to want to keep like people are going to still want to play video games like a hundred percent like you know we'll have to give up some stuff but like there's some stuff that we just are going to want to still have and you know we're not going to get around that um you know i'm kind of a realist about that but Mm -hmm. i was definitely thinking about like yeah we should have like you know some sort of like universally compatible like console design that anyone who has the hardware can make uh and so like anyone can like go and get you know a version of this console and be able to play you know whatever games because there's a unified place where you can get them mm-hmm. like yeah a hundred percent all of these like there should be one console yeah a hundred percent like fucking games need to have their bar for entry fucking lowered to the ground yeah yeah it's i'm gonna 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 end this convo here soon but you know it's just it's not fair that only a, a small like five-year gap you can play a specific game on a specific console and then it's nearly gone forever and if you weren't born in that era that sucks like i was very lucky to be born in the era of wii and ds games but you know like people fucking people born now they they don't it's that's archaic to them and that sucks everybody should should be able to experience that um but anyways, Wii Music is a great game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, can... the, and the bitch can't even swim. The bitch can't even swim. God, what's the uh, fucking moral? The moral of this is uh, to... The, the moral this episode is to... Uh, uh, to... <laughs> 
dismantle the games industry and built it up from the ground up as the people's games industry. Bitch can't even game. The, yeah, because bitch can't even game. And bitch should be able to game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, fucking games need to be for the fucking people. Games need to be for the people. Um, thanks for listening to Enchanting Aspects. You can join us on our open Discord at our website. Mushroomstation.net um, you can follow us on Twitter at Mushroom Pods or at Enchanting Pods. You can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Mushroom Station. Yeah. Um, you can uh, tell everybody about this podcast. You can mm-hmm. cry. You can dance. You can, you can cry. You can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. If your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. Hey, Amy, before yeah. we end off, yeah. uh, uh, I want to uh, do a little bit of a plug. Oh, hey. So, uh, some of you may know that uh, I used to stream on twitch.tv.com.net.org. And then I stopped. Then I stopped streaming, kind of abruptly. Uh, well, guess what? I'm back. A bitch is back. A bitch can game. Uh, I'm rebooting my whole thing. I've re- I've completely remade my stream layout. I've redid the whole thing. I'm coming back not as a variety streamer, but as a specifically Dead by Daylight and Risk of Rain 2 streamer. That's right. I'm, I'm going gamer. <laughs> but yeah, you can go find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash demonqueenjupiter. I got a promotion. Uh, and, uh, and yeah. Also, I stream now sometimes. Um, yeah! Twitch.tv slash pixelame, P-I-X-E-L-A-M-E. Um, I'm only streaming drawing art right now, but as soon as I get a PC, I'm gonna actually play some games that I'm gonna, I wanna play games. I don't wanna be a VTuber. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's the episode. Uh, we're back to regular scheduled program. Uh, love yourself. Believe in yourself. Bye-bye! Bye! Okay, so I just now remembered that in Wii Music, the actual best part of Wii Music was Sebastian Toot, who is like the mascot, and he has a funny voice. Um, he, he goes like, Don't 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 don